Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham, and on today's show, we have Olivia. Olivia is a stay-at-home mother of two, passionate about birth, sustainable living, homemaking, and health freedom. Having both pregnancies last 44 weeks long and both babies born in the comfort and sanctuary of her home, Olivia shares that each time that extra month of pregnancy taught her to surrender and trust deeper than she ever had before. And I hope you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoyed recording Olivia. Thank you for being here. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. That's awesome. I am so excited to have you here. Um, So wherever you would like to begin your story at whatever point in time, please share. Okay. Well, um, I have had two beautiful babies, two pregnancies, and so I didn't know if you wanted me to share both or um, specifically just the last one, which was just about eight weeks ago. Um, I've had two home births, and both were uh, 44 weekers. So <laughs> nice, yes. Solidarity for the long, for the long, uh, for the long babies. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, whichever one, yeah, whichever one you would, uh, if you want to share both, if you want to share one, yeah, totally up to you. Sure. I'll probably just start with the first, but maybe spend more time on the second since it just happened. Um, yeah. So, uh, we got pregnant on our honeymoon actually (laughs) with our first and, um, right away I knew that I wanted to have a home birth. Um, I was actually discussing it with my husband just because I feel like that can be kind of rare that you want to have a home birth for your first, um, child. Um, I feel like a lot of my friends, you know, have a hospital experience and then they decide that they want to do a home birth for the second or the third. Um, but I just knew even like in high school and college that I wanted to, um, go the more natural route and have a home birth. And so I just remember like we had just gotten back from, uh, our honeymoon trip and I was like Googling midwives in the area, like what is happening to me? I just got married and we're about to start our life together and now I'm pregnant and I have to, you know, figure out all of that stuff. Um, so it was a crazy time, but I ended up finding a great midwife, um, in our area and, um, had a healthy pregnancy and my due date, um, which, you know, (laughs) now that we have both, uh, experienced what it's like to go way over a due date, I feel like you have just a love hate relationship with that day. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, my due date was, uh, in early February and she did not come. My first uh, child, my daughter did not come until March 8th. And so it was pretty much a month and a day over <laughs> my due date, which was wild because I just didn't know why I didn't know what was happening. Um, I mean, obviously my baby was still growing and everything was healthy and everything kept checking out fine. And it was just, it was kind of a wild ride because I was working at the time. So I went on maternity leave at like 37 weeks thinking that, you know, my baby would be here anytime. And in my, <laughs> I think inexperience and just naiveness, I thought that, you know, she could even come at 39 weeks. And so I was just ready to go. And, you know, the due date came and passed and still no sign of labor. Um, and my midwife uh, did a really good job of, you know, not fear-mongering me or anything like that, even though I was um, and still am her only client that has gone that far over. Mm. So I think that she was, um, she knew that it was within the range of normal, but, you know, just wanted to make sure that there was no cause for concern. Mm. Um, and I remember the last week or two, she would come over almost every day just to check on me and, um, feel the baby and, you know, check vitals. Um, and it just felt like every day felt like a year. Um, once we hit like 42, 43 weeks, um, and it just dragged on and on. And finally I started having some early labor signs. Um, and then I probably had, like Braxton Hicks for about a week before she came. And then, um, one night, uh, about midnight just woke up with contractions and I just instantly knew that this was labor. Um, and it was a very smooth, um, straightforward labor. Um, I think she was born about one 30, uh, PM the next day. So it was about 13 hours, but by the time active labor started, active labor didn't start until about 8am. Um, it was only five hours. So I feel like for a first labor, that's pretty efficient. Um, and it was just very smooth and I got to labor at home and, um, the midwives came and just kind of observed, um, which honestly, looking back, I feel like even though I made that bold choice to have a home birth for my, um, first child, I feel like I didn't really claim authority. Um, I didn't really <laughs> step into my own power until this second pregnancy, simply because I just feel like I was naive and young and just had a lot to learn still. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like my midwives were trying to give me that space to step into my authority with that first birth. And I just remember thinking to myself, why are they not telling me what to do? Why are they not helping me? And, you know, looking back, it's like, because I had to do the work, it was me. They can't give birth for me. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, the birth was super straightforward and I got to labor in the shower and, um, then I did notice that, uh, it was just me and my husband in the bathroom laboring in the shower for a couple hours. And then I felt the fetal ejection reflex and, you know, said I'm pushing and I decided that I did not want to give birth in the shower. And so 
um, I came out into our bedroom and was kind of like, um, leaning on the bed and, um, like lunging a little bit. And, uh, I noticed that my contractions spaced way out just as soon as I stepped into that room with the midwives in there, even though they were so quiet and so respectful and just like, you know, helping coach my husband, like, okay, here's how you're going to catch the baby. Um, I just, my body instantly knew, and it was just a bizarre feeling to go from contractions on top of each other to being spaced out by like five minutes. And here I am trying to push my baby out. And then in between, and we're just kind of looking at each other, like, okay, anytime now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think I thought that was normal. I think I thought, oh, wow, this is really nice of my body to give me a break, um, kind of in between contractions. But, uh, as you'll see, when I tell my second birth story, um, the midwives did not make it this time. And so the pushing contractions were just a world of difference with no one there to witness them, except for my husband and I, um, I truly think that the body knows when it's being watched. Um, so that was kind of an interesting contrast. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she was born and she was perfect and healthy and they, um, you know, kind of tested her a few different ways to see if she really was like that overdue. And she truly, um, tested as like maybe a 42 week baby, but more so right in line with like 40 to 41 weeks. And so even though she was overdue, we truly thought that we just had the dates wrong. And so I did not go into the second pregnancy expecting to carry to 44 weeks again. I thought that I would go early. I thought that I would have it or have my baby, um, you know, right around my due date. I had no thoughts of it happening again. I just thought it was a fluke thing. Um, and so then when we got pregnant the second time, we knew exactly when we conceived and our dates were very spot on. And once again, I delivered one month and one day after my due date. Um, and this time I think experiencing that extra month with a toddler was in some ways a blessing and in some ways like more of a challenge. Um, you know, she kept me entertained, (laughs) so I didn't just have time to dwell on the fact that I was still pregnant, but, um, you know, I had another little person asking me, mommy, is this baby ever going to (laughs) come? Um, so that was challenging too. Um, and I did not know that you could have early labor for that long (laughs) this time around. Um, I really just thought that my experience this time would be a lot like my first. And when I started having, you know, strong Braxton Hicks, I thought, okay, you know, hopefully this means that I'll have the baby within the week or so. And instead it was many weeks (laughs) and, um, my body was showing such positive signs that labor was coming, but it just built and built and built for so long. Um, it was, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done mentally, um, this time around, because I mean, by the last week or so I was having contractions all day long and they weren't Braxton Hicks. They were actual contractions. And then they would just stop when I went to bed and, um, they weren't, you know, like excruciatingly painful or anything, but I had to like focus on my breath to get through them. And I was just so, done. (laughs) I just wanted my baby to come. And I was so confused why, 
it was still taking so long. And um, I think if anything, it has just that whole experience taught me not only to just surrender, but to also trust um, that, you know, my body is capable and that my baby knows exactly when it's supposed to come. Mm -hmm. And it was never a doubt in my mind the first time or the second time to intervene medically or be induced. But both times, once I hit 42, 43 weeks, you know, even my most (laughs) well-meaning friends and family members begin to question because that's just our culture. Well, aren't you going to do something about that? Aren't you going to get your baby out? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I never doubted that. Um, and I joked with my husband this time. I was like, this is why my babies picked me to be their mom because they know that I'm the most stubborn person and I will never, um, (laughs) medically intervene. And so they know that they can hang out as long as they want to. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And so finally, Uh, once we hit 44 weeks this time, both my husband and I were like, oh my goodness, like what the heck is this baby ever going to come? Like each week just pushed us farther and farther mentally. And then finally, once we hit 44 weeks, we were like, oh gosh, last time was not an anomaly. Like this is, this is how it's going to be. And, um, I went to 44 weeks and four days this time. And so I was almost 45 weeks. And I just remember, um, being so beside myself. Um, every day I would wake up and it just felt so surreal. It felt like a dream that I was still pregnant. And I just truly thought that I was just literally going to be pregnant forever, which (laughs) we know is not true, but when you are pregnant, it just feels like that. Um, and I remember Googling, you know, home birth stories, 44 weeks, just to, I was just grasping at straws, trying to find anyone else that had ever experienced this. I just, I wanted someone else in my corner. I felt so alone because I did not know anyone else that had ever been pregnant for that long. And I think that was my big inspiration for wanting to be on the podcast and reaching out to you is because I want to share my story. I want other women to know that this is a variation of normal, that they're not alone. And if anyone else listens to this, that, you know, goes to 44 weeks, know that it's okay. (laughs) Yes, totally. As someone that has gone that long, I birthed my son at 44 weeks on the dot. So um, as someone that has gone that long myself, yes, this is this t- can totally be a variation of normal. And that's totally subjective, of course, as birth is for everyone in general. And for some women, this is just what their body needs to do for their baby. And also, I think it's a balance, too, of mom and baby. And babies are really, really freaking wise, you know? Right, right. And if they need to stay in utero a little bit longer, um, you know, than 42 weeks, there's usually a reason why. And, you know, it's such a shame that this is so stigmatized. It, It really is. Which, again, it is so incredibly important, Olivia, that you are sharing this story. So important. Thank you. you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, yeah, the the whole due date thing, I think now more than ever, I just want to get rid of that concept because it just doesn't tell us anything, you know? Um, It doesn't tell us exactly, like, if our baby needs a little bit longer. And I think I learned this time that our babies are so wise and they work out so many things in the womb. Yeah. Cause I just remember 
asking my midwife, like, okay, why, like, what could be the cause of my baby taking so long to come out? Like if there was a medical concern and she said, it could be a cord issue. You know, sometimes if the cord is super long, the baby has to kind of figure out how to move around it to, um, come down. And I just had never thought of that, that maybe there could be not, you know, uh, a super concerning or alarming reason, but just uh, a reason why it, it was taking longer. Um, when you got closer to the due date with each of your children, was there any, did you have any inclination or intuitive sense that maybe something is wrong or off here? Which obviously it wasn't, but you know, did that concept ever come into your mind or not? Yeah. So, um, that was something my husband and I talked about a lot, um, with my first, uh, pregnancy, which it would probably just be easier to say my children's names. Um, so my daughter, her name is Nevea and she was my first. And then my son, um, my second, uh, his name is Noah. And, um, so with Nevea's pregnancy, um, my husband and I really relied on each other, uh, that last month. And we both, you know, constantly checked in with each other. Okay. Do you feel like anything's wrong? You know, really like that was the biggest test of our intuition so far in our lives. And we both felt so confident that everything was fine. Um, you know, our midwife, I think she was kind of freaking out just because she had never had anybody go that long. And we were both like, you know, so young, but so chill, like, Oh no, everything's fine. (laughs) Um, And then the second time, um, we both felt confident that everything was okay, probably until the last couple of days. And then I think it had just been so long. And I think deep down, we knew nothing was wrong, but we just started to let that doubt creep in. We started to let those outside voices kind of get to us. And I just remember my husband saying, I felt so sure that nothing was wrong with Nevaeh. And this time I just feel like I can't get a reading. Like I just can't tell. Um, And I think it was just because it had been so long. And honestly, like that is just so far uh, at eight weeks of life. (laughs) That seems to be who Noah is. He's just more mysterious. Um, And so I think it was just harder to (laughs) tell um, intuitively with him if everything was okay, Um, which it was. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so we, um, once we got to 44 weeks, we were definitely just concerned as to why it was taking so long. And especially because I was having, um, early labor symptoms every single day, but yet it would never, um, turn into anything contractions that were 10 minutes apart, but they would never get closer together or intensify. And so I remember, um, the day before Noah was born, um, I, got up early and called my midwife and was just like, Hey, I just, I'm done. Like I'm starting to have these feelings of doubt creep in. And she was like, I'll be right there. (laughs) And she brought um, another midwife with her and they really um, felt my belly and palpated my belly and um, listened for his heart rate and mine and just wanted to get a good feel to make sure that everything was okay. And it was, and, um, I think that I knew that I just wanted, like I said, someone else in my corner to tell me that it was going to be okay. Um, and then we didn't have, you know, any 
intervention last time in terms of things that helped start labor? You know, we definitely tried all the things of foods and exercises. Um, but this time, you know, I didn't even try that stuff because it just, for me, did not um, help naturally start labor at all, which I know that it will not unless your body is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, uh, I actually took some homeopathics. Um, I took black and blue cohosh, um, and my midwife felt safe in doing so because I was 44 weeks <laughs> and showing very strong signs of early labor. And that is what my body needed. Um, it just kind of helped tip me over the edge. And um, sure enough, by that night, contractions were stronger. And then I remember going to bed, but not being excited because I just thought it's just going to, they're going to peter out again. They're going to stop just like every night for the past couple of weeks. And, um, but I still had a little tiny shred of hope. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I went to bed and then got woken up, um, about every half an hour. So they slowed way down, but they stayed very strong. Um, and for both of my labors, I have to stand. I cannot lay down. I cannot sit. Um, so water birth has always been out of, out of the question for me because I just cannot, um, get low in any capacity. I have to stand and just like be on top of my contractions, um, literally. And so, uh, after a couple hours, about two in the morning, I got up and was just like, okay, I still don't think this is real, but I'm just going to try to pace around and work through some contractions and see if anything comes of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, and they stayed about seven to 10 minutes apart. And I remember just feeling kind of silly, like this is the middle of the night. I should be asleep, but I just don't know if this is going to happen. I felt like this time I was really like willing it to happen. And it was just a true testament that as much as you want labor to happen, it's not going to until your baby's ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I remember this time I set a lot of intentions of how I wanted this birth to go. And I really wanted to have a baby early in the morning. Um, just timing wise with my toddler, I didn't want it to be late at night. I really wanted her to be there. Um, and so I kind of set the intention that I really wanted to have a baby, um, around sunrise time and I wanted to labor at home. I really wanted to be by myself and do a lot of the labor work myself, um, instead of having my husband or anyone else there with me. I just kind of wanted to see what I was capable of, um, by myself. And, um, I had the thought that I thought it would be really cool if my midwives didn't make it in time, if it was just me and my husband, if we could have kind of like an unassisted free birth. And that wasn't something that I like intentionally thought it just kind of crept in, I think the last couple of weeks. And, um, I think I was just amazed that all of that came true. (laughs) Um, and I remember pacing around my bedroom and thinking, okay, I really want to get in the shower because that was the golden ticket for me with my first birth. That was what um, gave me a lot of pain relief and helped speed things up, but I just didn't want to waste my time if this wasn't happening. And so I thought, okay, if my contractions get to six minutes apart, I will 
get in the shower. And immediately that very next contraction was six minutes apart. Mm. And, um, so I got in the shower and that was to me, I think that was when active labor really kicked in, um, and contractions, uh, got a lot closer together and slowly built in intensity. And I was able to do a lot of the laboring by myself and then probably an uh, barely an hour into it, they got so intense that I told my husband, okay, I, I need you here now. I want you to help me through these. And, um, he did. And, um, this labor just went so quick and we knew it would, because I had done so much of the work already with early labor for weeks. Um, but my son was born at five thirty-five in the morning and, I don't think active labor even started until about three 30. Um, so it was very short. Um, and yeah, as soon as I, you know, told my husband that I needed him just a couple more contractions. And I said, okay, I think it's time to call the midwives. And he stepped out of the room to do that. And immediately another contraction came and I was like, I need you back in here. And our midwives were actually at a birth, um, in Kansas city, which is about 40 minutes away from us. And, um, so when my husband tried to call, uh, she wasn't home and her husband picked up and was like, Oh no, she's not here. (laughs) So I think my husband had a minute of panic and then he got a hold of her and she said, okay, you know, we're leaving this birth. Um, we're on our way. And I think both my husband and I still thought that we had at least an hour, maybe a couple hours to go just because of how things were going. Um, and then as soon as he got off the phone, I got out of the shower, still not thinking that this baby was anywhere near ready to come out. And, um, I had two of the most intense contractions I've ever had. Um, my labor with my daughter was, like I said, very straightforward and, I'm not a very vocal person in my labor. Um, I'm pretty quiet. And I think I knew that this was different the second time around because I got loud (laughs) those last two. And I was trying to be quiet because my toddler was asleep in, uh, you know, the bedroom. Uh, But I understand now why they were so intense. And it was just become because he was coming so fast. Um, And I remember this time, I think because it was dark in our house, you know, it was five in the morning and no one else was there. I was so able to just kind of get primal and really like tune into my body and feel things so clearly that I remember I just felt this big plop and it was, you know, him dropping into the birth canal. And I just, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I, I, I said to my husband, okay, I think the baby dropped, but I, I don't know what that means. And then, um, I, after those two really intense contractions, my body immediately started pushing and he started crowning but I didn't know that he was because it was so dark. And I, I told my husband, I was like, I don't really know what I'm feeling. I just, there's something down there. Cause I felt his head, but it, you know, when it started first starts to come out, it's all like wrinkled. And I was like, I don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was still, I honestly, I was still in denial that it was active labor. And, um, then after his head came all the way out, I was like, okay, the baby's coming now. <laughs> um, And I, 
that was a big change between my first and second labor is with my daughter. Um, like I said, I came out of the shower and went into the bedroom and the midwives were there and my contractions slowed down and I felt watched and I didn't know any better, but I, I pushed with each contraction as she was coming out because I, I, you know, that's what you see in the movies and TV shows you have to push. And so even though I was not on my back, I was in an an optimal position. I still tore because I pushed so hard. Um, whereas this time I knew better and didn't want to tear. And so I just focused on my breath and it was just amazing how I didn't have to push at all. My body just you know, brought him out on its own. So I just breathed him out. And so his head came out and then his body came out right after that. And it was just like maybe two contractions and he was out and my husband caught him and, um, you know, said it's a boy. And then my daughter woke up and the midwives were still a ways away. And so we did it all on our own and there was never a worry in my mind. Um, I had a lot of people ask me afterwards, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys did that without anyone there. Like, that's crazy. Weren't you scared? And uh, no, honestly, I want to do that again. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just such a wild experience. And then when they weighed him, he was actually 10 pounds. And um, my daughter, in contrast, was um, about seven and a half. So he was a much bigger baby. Mm-hmm. And to think that I did that all on my own, it was such an empowering feeling. <laughs> Totally. And um, how was postpartum for you? So postpartum, yeah. So this time was totally different than my first. Like I said, I tore with my first. And so that was a much harder recovery um, the first time around. And I had a lot of postpartum anxiety. Um, I did not, I feel like, um, honor my postpartum very well. The first time I jumped back into work after just a couple weeks and, um, immediately focused on my body and wanted to get back into working out and, you know, losing the baby weight. Um, and I did not, you know, stay home, stay in bed at all. And I know that that contributed to my mental health. Um, whereas this time I was a lot more intentional and even though he was a much bigger baby, um, he, I did not tear at all. And my recovery was physically like night and day difference. Like I did not feel like I had a baby at all. I remember, you know, after he came out and I like walked into the other room, it just felt like no big deal. Like I genuinely couldn't believe that I had just had this huge baby (laughs) and, Um, I had a much stronger community this time around that supported me with meals and care and, um, yeah, postpartum has been a lot better this time. Well, Olivia, again, as another mother who has gone that long as well, I really appreciate you and I am genuinely so grateful for you sharing your story. We need more stories like this. We need more normalization around longer pregnancy. And again, your story of both of your babies is such a shining example of how this doesn't need to be stigmatized, you know, not at all. This can be completely normal. So thank you so much again. And is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? I think I would just say, um, 
as hard as it is to let go of the due date, you know, I think a lot of moms intend to do that. They say, well, you know, I'm not going to get attached to the due date this pregnancy. It's inevitable. Um, we always do. But I think that for those mothers that do um, go much over the due date, you know, a lot longer than 42 weeks, kind of like you and I, mm -hmm. I would just encourage them to not let fear and doubt creep in. And even, you know, those moms that um, just go a few days over their due date, just don't let anybody else tell you what's happening to your body and your baby. Um, it's so hard this day and age, especially with um, the medical industry to just listen to um, our own intuition and our babies. But I think that we're much better off when we do so. And, um, you know, we're both examples that we went so far beyond and I feel like the medical industry would, you know, say that that's so wrong and something is wrong with our bodies for doing so, but it was not. And that's just what our babies needed. Totally, completely, 100% agree. Um, wow, thank you so much. What a beautiful conversation. I'm so happy to have connected with you today, Olivia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.